This is the Green Industry Podcast with Paul Jamison. Join Paul as he chats with today's green industry experts and leaders about how to build a successful business and live a purposeful life. Here's your host, Paul Jamison. Well, a warm welcome from the beautiful state of Georgia. I'm Paul Jamison. It's about 70 degrees and beautiful down here. We're joined with Brian's Lawn Maintenance, his wife, Liz Fullerton <laughs> in Michigan. What's up, Liz? Hey, well, I can say it is not as beautiful here <laughs> as it is down by you. Today, I think it's like a high of 37 and like half rain, like half snow. So totally jealous of your weather. Other than that, it's been good. It's been a great day. Just kind of hanging out. Um, you know, Sundays are kind of a day we take to just go to church and regroup before the craziness of the week starts again. So thanks for having me on. This is awesome. I've never done anything like this before. Absolutely. Well, your husband's crushed it. We've had him on as a re- repeat guest and people just eat up uh, Brian's Law Maintenance of course, he's got about 53,000 subscribers on the YouTube at the moment. But the uh, big story, last interview I did with him, he shared one night he went to uh, Buffalo Wild Wings and uh, this cute blonde asked for his number and uh, he elaborated on the whole story. Uh, but apparently you have a different version. So break it down <laughs> for us. Tell, tell us the first time you saw him. And uh, I want this from A to Z here. Okay. This is hilarious because, I mean, we've been married for almost five years together for like almost seven. So like, and to this day, it is still like a running thing. We always want to be the first one to tell the story. So thank you for being, for letting me get the chance to tell mine, um, my side of things. So I was a waitress, like you said, at B-Dubs. Um, Brian came in. It was really kind of like awkward because when people come to B-Dubs to watch a game, they're there for, you know, several hours. They get there early to kind of like scope out the table and, you know, pick their spot for like the next, you know, how many ever hours the game's playing. And one of Brian's best friends came in and uh, Brian wasn't even supposed to come out that night. I don't know um, if you guys know this or not, but like, we're not really big sports people. We really like hockey, but that's kind of about like the extent of our sports knowledge. So for Brian to go hang out with his buddies and watch a football game is kind of like just different. He always had, you know, business things to do. I'm sure a lot yeah, of He tried to sound cool in the last that. episode, though. He's like, yeah, we're going to watch the Michigan Wolverine football game. Like, I was like, <laughs> that's what we do. <laughs> he has no idea about sports. I mean, okay. He's always just been too busy. But um, yeah, so his friend got there early to scope out a table and so he was kind of sitting there by himself for a while and then a girl came in and then brian came in so i was kind of trying to figure out like who the girl was with you know like mm-hmm. was he with brian was he with his friend it was just kind of awkward and then um slowly throughout the night it became clear that the girl was with brian's friend and not brian and um i'm not a very forward person like i'm outgoing but like i would never just normally write down my number and like give it to a guy but it's gonna sound completely corny but there was just something different about Brian. There was different, like, there was a different spirit about him that I hadn't really come across with somebody before. And, um, you know, throughout the night, like some things had happened and he was telling me all sorts of funny jokes and just really genuinely went out of his way to turn my night around because it was kind of a rough night for me. And, um, I mean, I wish I could say that, you know, he always says that it was something, you know, something I, he always goes to like back to my Jersey because they were like the V-neck jerseys and like, you know, I put my hair down or whatever, try to look cute, but like, and kept coming back to the table with refills. But the thing was, like, I was just trying to see, um, like, how old he was. <laughs> I don't see very well. So, like, especially at a dark, like, bar, we kept having to go up to the table. And I remember specifically asking my other server friends, like, can you help me figure out how old this guy is? Brian doesn't drink, so it's not like I saw his ID or anything. So we just had to go off of, like, a visual. And so, yeah, that was my way of um, being, you know, getting close to him was to bring him a refill, like, literally every five minutes so we could figure out whether he was, like, too old for me or not. I even had other servers walk past the table to uh, to kind of make the judgment call and um 
I do remember like when he finally checked out after like four hours, you know, closed his tab or whatever. Um, I wrote down his name and Googled him in the manager's office with my manager to see if like we could find out anything on this guy. And he didn't even have a Facebook. Like who doesn't have a Facebook? Like, wow. Was, so social media mogul Brian's Lawn Maintenance didn't even have a didn't Facebook. Didn't even have a Facebook. <laughs> nope. But how did you came, find out so, his whole name from his credit um, card? On his credit card. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's creepy, Liz. Super creepy. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Like, I, like, <laughs> I, I wish I could make the very cooler and make me sound a little bit better than what he, you know, probably told you. But I, I really did kind of like fall head over heels for him enough to like Google him with the manager in the back to see if he was like an okay guy. And, so four hours um, of you, vi- you know, vis- visibly kind of looking at him and then just talking him and just yeah. small talk. <laughs> so something, something attracted. What, what would you say it was that attracted you so much to this stranger, essentially? It, it, it's so weird like especially if you knew me like that's not a thing that I would normally have done I can't really pinpoint one specific thing that he did other than he just genuinely spent time trying to make my day better and there was just a spirit about him of just good like just goodness and I know that sounds so lame um and I don't know if it was like love at first sight per se but it was just that this guy is somebody special. I can't let him leave and not know if I will ever see him again. So mm-hmm. I wasn't even necessarily like interested in dating him. I mean, I know you, I mean, you've all seen him. He's pretty cute. But um, I just, I couldn't let him go without making some sort of an attempt at seeing him again. So I wrote down my number and I was too chicken to even give it to him myself. So I had my best friend, Jesse, at the time do it. And she literally, like, beelined to him in, like, the creepiest way and was like, your server wanted me to give you this. And then, like, left, like, without an explanation. So it was just a very awkward encounter looking back. But um, it worked. <laughs> he, like, wow. called me that night. That night or did he wait three days? I forgot that part of the story. No, 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 no. He, I don't remember if he called. I think he texted me that night. And all of, I was still, you know, working. I had to close that night. And my friends that I was with said not to text them back for three days. So I didn't. Oh, <laughs> the old three-day rule. <laughs> the three-day rule. He didn't follow it, but I did. Wow. So you, you were literally, what, what were you thinking during this three days? Um, I, I was really nervous. Like I, I kind of didn't know what to, like, expect because I never, like I said, I don't just give out my number to anybody. And I wasn't looking to really date anybody at the time. And he definitely wasn't. Like, he was very focused on his business. Um, But I just, I don't know, three days went by. And it was really, like, the three longest days ever. And then we went and grabbed coffee. And it was kind of, you know, we kind of sealed the deal (laughs) with the coffee. Like, I kind of knew. I remember specifically after that, we don't. They call it the interview. We don't call it the date because that's all we did was ask a bunch of like questions. We talked about everything you shouldn't talk about, politics, religion, all of it. And I remember going home that night and telling my stepmom that I think I met the person I'm going to marry. Wow. After and one cup of coffee. After one, one night cup of, of coffee. Wow. That's yeah. impressive. So what was it in those conversations you, when you walked out of the coffee shop and you tell your stepmom, I think. Brian's the one, what were kind of some of those, um, indicators that you felt really comfortable about, uh, going forward with Brian? Um, after, you know, spending a few hours with him, it was really clear that he was going somewhere in life. Um, and for the right reasons, it wasn't that he just wanted to be successful to be successful and make money. It was, you know, he wanted to take care of his mom and, um, you know, he's, he's very family oriented and he just had a overall good, um, I hate to use the word vibe because it's so like weird, but it was just, I got a really good vibe from him. I knew that I wanted to go where he was going. I wanted to like hook my caboose, you know, to his train. Like, cause I, 
I could see very clearly in just the few hours that we were talking that this guy was going places and he was going to good places for good reasons, if that makes any sense. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So walk us through, you You kind of, you, you, you meet, you give the number, you initiate it, you guys have your interview okay. coffee. And then he was saying in the last podcast that you said, I love you. And he says, I don't know if I feel the same way. I mean, can you, do you remember that uh, night? That sounded completely <laughs> <I> awkward. <laughs> tell, tell us about it, that. It was. So you're risking, I mean, you're risking it to say, I, I love you. Uh, walk us through that moment, please. So I, um, like I said, from like the very first cup of coffee, I was kind of like, you know, I really could see myself with this person like long term. And um, I mean, that was just after one cup of coffee. So you can imagine how I felt after like a few real days. Um, and I remember specifically telling him, I love you. Um, I, I know we're going to get married one day. <laughs> you don't have to feel that way right now. I totally respect with where you're at because, again, like I said, he wasn't even looking to date anybody when we actually started dating. Like, he was just so focused on his business. Um, and I just felt like it, in my heart it was something I needed to tell him to say, like, this is where I see this going. Um, I hope you're on the same page. I, I respect if you're not. But just so you know, like, I don't just date to date. I'm dating you because I feel that this relationship is purposeful if that makes sense. And I was totally nervous. Like everything about our relationship and its beginnings is totally out of character for me. Um, I didn't really know it at the time, but I, I'm, I am a believer now. And I truly do feel like it was kind of like one of those meant to be things. And I don't know, it was totally weird. Like none of my friends could believe that I had, first of all, said that or even given him my number in the first place, but it was totally a God thing. Totally. So how did you feel then after risking it and putting yourself out there? And then he, you would, in, in, a, in a Hollywood movie, he'd be like, oh, I love you too. And uh, <laughs> instead he, he completely rejects you and says, well, I don't, unless I'm misunderstanding what he told me, he said something along the lines of, well, I'm not sure if I feel the same way. I mean, that, that has sounded devastating emotionally to you. You would think, yeah. Um, it, it, looking back, I'm like, oh, wow, I probably should have been like embarrassed or feel weird about it but at the time I kind of didn't like the way that he said it was very um you know it may be in time I'll feel this way or like I can respect where you're coming from um his communication style is great I mean and he everybody knows he's a great salesman so he could give you bad news <laughs> it could feel like the best news ever I got you um he was just so respectful about it and I mean it wasn't that long after that he was like you know what you're right <laughs> I was like I know I know you love me wow that's awesome so when did y'all get married again? We got married October 18th, 2014. Wow. So it's about five years in now? Yeah, it'll be five years in October. And what's the best parts of uh, being married to Brian's Lawn Maintenance, Brian Fullerton? <laughs> um, you know, that's a great question. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things I could say, but it really comes down to the simple things. I mean, it's funny because, like, you talk about the subscribers and he's like this big, you know, thing, um, Brian's law maintenance has turned into, but really like the simple things with him. Like I wake up every single morning and I have toothpaste on my toothbrush ready because he wants to make sure that I wake up and know that he started his day thinking about me. It's something so simple. It's something that, you know, doesn't really cost anything besides, you know, money for toothpaste. But the fact that I know every morning when I see that toothpaste on my toothbrush, that I was the first thing that he thought about that day. Like, that is the best way that I can explain my favorite thing about our relationship, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And uh, he's dropped some hints at some little Fullertons running around here sometime soon. What's the plan with expanding the family from you guys kind of got that tagline, Fullerton Party of Two. 
Um, <laughs> is there a plan for Fullerton Party of Three, or how, how are you going about that? Um, we're really excited to start a family. Um, we said five years when we first got married, and we're kind of sticking to that um, just financially and everything. It makes sense. Um, but I would say in the last six months or so, like, we'll be out and about and, like, see a little kid, and it just both, we just look at each other, and we know, like, I don't know if we could wait any longer than, you know, this fall to start trying, but um, it's going to be really good when we finally get there. We're excited. That's awesome. Well, let's talk a little bit about the social media aspect, because you are married to somebody who, you know, has 8 million views on YouTube and is um, getting a lot of traction on Instagram. You got, we'll talk about your um YouTube channel, Fullerton Party of Two, your Instagram, which is absolutely aesthetically. I was just scrolling through it. It's so beautiful how it just all blends no, together. Um, but tell me, when when did this kind of start? When I when I started noticing about a year and a half ago, things just started, just the momentum just started getting crazy. But uh, take us through when it started, when you realized, wow, this is more than a hobby. This is like legit business in its own um, outright you know, it's like a media company, basically. T- tell us a little bit of the origins of, of uh, you and Brian's social media success. Okay. Well, um, so it all started, I actually, <laughs> I really wanted to start something. I had actually started a few blogs and then took them down. And then um, we actually borrowed my dad's DSLR camera for our honeymoon trip. And I kept it for a few months after just, you know, playing around with it or what have you. So for that Christmas, Brian bought me <laughs> our T6i, which is what he started to use for his YouTube channel. Um, at late at night, like we'd sit in bed and like dream up all the ways of we- ways we could use it, you know, to start just something, anything. Um, and he just grabbed the camera and rolled with it. It started off as like a hobby. Um, he actually had a piece of equipment that he was trading in or something like that and wanted to put up a YouTube channel or a YouTube video reviewing it because there wasn't anything reviewing this particular product. And from there, I mean, he just kind of rolled with it. Um, You know, it's funny because people see the channel now and they're like, oh, wow, things like really took off like very quickly. Looking back, no, (laughs) it didn't feel like that at the time. Um, You know, he's had the channel for like, gosh, what, three years now? And for the first two years, it was just... um, you know, he was going on blind faith that this was helping somebody and that, you know, he was creating content that he felt that he would watch and maybe would have appreciated when he was, you know, younger in business, if you will. And um, he just literally took two years on faith and just started putting anything and everything out there that he could that would help somebody. And it was about a year ago, you know, where things really started to pick up. Um, We never saw it as being like this huge thing. He just saw it kind of a way to give back. We've had a lot of people locally in our lives speak into us and help us with business. And we know that's not the case with everybody. Um, when you're self-employed, it is extremely isolating. You know, you come up with a problem, you don't have a boss to turn to and ask a question. Um, and he really feels for the young guys out there that are starting this and, you know, maybe their parents aren't the most supportive or they're hearing crap at school or whatever. Like he just wanted people to know that they're not alone even in the most simplest ways of, you know, a review video on a piece of equipment, like if you have a question or whatever, like he just wanted to be that person that could be there for somebody else, like how he had people in his life. Totally. That's awesome. So then when things started growing and, you know, it started being more time consuming, how did that affect, you know, your relationship with Brian and, and what was kind of your um, participation in continuing to grow in the channel? Um, early on, you know, it wasn't so crazy or hectic because, like, there weren't any, you know, comments to answer or anything like that. So 
um, it's, you know, when you build up to it, it's kind of like lifting weights at the gym. You don't start off with like the biggest weight and expect to lift it. You lift a little more every single day. And before you know it, you know, you're benching 350 or whatever it is, right? It kind of worked like that, where it just evolved into something in our daily life that we now work in. Um, it, you know, before it was really big, I, I kind of hate to say this, but I wasn't the most positive about it because we were also trying to grow a traditional business. I was like, you really need to be editing videos when we need to be sending out invoices. And it took a while, but I saw his passion about it and that he actually was, you know, affecting people's lives. And um, so I kind of got more on board. And now it's a balancing act between everything. I don't know how we're going to act that because, I mean, we are busy, but it is so worth it. And I think that's one thing that Brian's always done that's helped me um, kind of get on the same side, if you will, uh, is paint that picture of what we're actually doing or what we're trying to accomplish. And he keeps that vision in front of us. And it is so clear. Um, and he will spend how much other time he needs to paint the vision for me if I need it. And it's really easy to get on the same side and help him out with things when, you know, he does that kind of thing. So, I mean, on day-to-day basis, I try my hardest to make sure that everything that I can do um, to help his day run smoother is taken care of. I don't want him to have to come home and think about, well, um, you know, this invoice go out or, you know, is the laundry done? Like I try and take off as much as I can off of his plate so that, you know, he can go out there and do what he needs to do um, in that way. And same thing with like our traditional business, you know, um, anything I can do to help, I'll do. And it's it makes for interesting days, you know, not any, any single day of the week ever looks the same. <laughs> it's always an adventure. Absolutely. Well, it sounds like you're busy helping him with Brian's Law Maintenance, YouTube and Instagram and all the opportunities there, but you're also uh, branching off in in your own stuff. I know you guys, I don't know what you're doing with the Fullerton Party of Two on YouTube, but I've seen some of those videos and then your Instagram page here. I mean, this is really nice how I'm just scrolling through it and it all blends together. I mean, that that didn't happen by accident. You're, You're putting in a lot of uh, time and creativity uh, to your Instagram and blog and to tell us a little bit about everything that you got going on in your uh, social media life. So I'm really passionate about, you know, connecting with other women, especially women who either own their own business or married to somebody who is self-employed, be it lawn care or what have you. Um, like I said, being self-employed is isolating and it can be just that way for wives too. I think it it is really difficult when your husband has a big dream to like, go after it with him. It's a really big, scary thing. Um, and I never want somebody to feel alone. So I thought if I'm looking to connect in this way, that there has to be other women out there who are looking for this type of community. And if you can't find it, I believe you should create it. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do. Um, a lot of it's evolving naturally. It started with, um, I met a lot of women at the GIE last year who are out there with their husbands or, you know, running the back end or even working a career outside of all of that and still managing to help with the lawn business. And um, we've just kept in contact, and it's kind of evolved from there. Brian and I are both really passionate about marriage specifically, and owning a business takes two people. You know, if, if the wife is going one way and the husband's going the other, um, you know, self-employed marriages are really susceptible to divorce. We have some of the highest divorce rates in this country. And, you know, the highest segment of that is actually self-employed individuals and it just breaks our hearts. So I'm really just trying to create a space for that, you know, in this wide world of social media, if you will. Wow. Well, if the statistics are against us, and I know my um, 
analytics show that the most people who listen to the green industry podcast are men and uh, quite a bit of them are married. So what can you speak to the husbands out there that are running lawn care companies or fertilizer companies or landscaping companies, some kind of company in the green industry, that's who's listening to this podcast. As a wife, as a woman, what can you share uh, to us men to be aware of to make sure we don't fall into that statistic, but rather we have thriving, healthy marriages? Well, I mean, we've only been married for five years, so I can only speak of, you know, personal experience here. I know that there's people probably listening who have, you know, 25 years of marriage, and I I think that's awesome. But from my perspective, um, Brian's always done a really good job of explaining, you know, why he's doing what he's doing. If he can't make a certain event because, you know, we have jobs scheduled, he'll tell me exactly why. Like, I'm in the fight with him every single day. He makes it an adventure that we're both on together. If it was just something that was all about him, I wouldn't believe it. I wouldn't be invested into it personally as much. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like he always makes it so it's our fight to fight, not just this thing that he does. That's good. What What else you got for us? Um, I mean, he makes it really easy to trust that where he's investing his time is worthy of his time. I never have to second guess that if he says, I need to be doing this at this time, that, you know, I, I never am, am, am second will doubt that he is doing exactly what he needs to do to move our family forward. Um, it's trust that he's earned over time that he shows up for. You know, it's one thing that to make all of these promises to your wife, like, we're going to live this certain way. We're going to make, you know, this much money, babe, this summer. Like, we, we just got to do the work. And then, you know, she finds you out drinking a few beers with your buddies when, you know, looking at the financials, like, your, your, your words aren't matching up with your actions. And that's, I think, where you get a lot of issues and pushback with um, from a wife's standpoint, at least, um, I know that, you know, I can trust that he's going to do what he promises. He's, he's the only promise he's ever broken. <laughs> this is a funny story is the day that we got engaged. Um, anything that that man has promised me is he's kept his word. And that's why I'm able to put myself behind him 100% and support what he needs, you know, done to get to where we're going. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Well, I listen to a lot of Dave Ramsey about getting out of debt and building wealth. And when he talks about women, he he explains us men as we kind of like to, you know, leave the cave, kill something, bring it home. We're risk takers. We're adventurous. And y'all have this security gland that he talks about where women want to feel like everything's secure and that there's a there's a big pile of money here just in case things go bad. You know, there's there's not going to be a an uh, emergency, if you will, because there's, there's a security there. So mm-hmm. most people listening, they can agree with me. Like we love taking risk. We love, you know, as entrepreneurs, as business owners, just like men just kind of like risk, 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 risk. And y'all women, you like the security. So can you explain that a little bit and, and how we can be more sensitive to not just provide financially, but to, to really, honor you and, and how, how you feel that security. I and mean, I've heard Dave Ramsey explain a lot smoother than that, but give us a woman's perspective on how you want to feel secure and you want to have uh, money saved and, and all that. If, if, if that. Is that making any sense? No, it totally does. Um, I think it's a time thing. You know, there was a point when I was working full time, um, you know, my own thing. I worked under an audiologist as a tech for a few years and, you know, Brian was running the lawn, lawn and landscape business. Um, and we're kind of both doing different things. And, you know, we had these goals together, but yeah, I didn't understand the financial 
like back end of our lawn care business at all. I just didn't have time. I was, you know, like I said, doing my own thing. And um, so we'd have a lot of, we call them loud conversations <laughs> about what is going on? Why aren't we, um, you know, why are we living in an apartment? Like, why can't I buy a house like all of my friends? And, um, you know, seeing everything very surface level. And it took us sitting down and getting on the same page and, um, you know, him really opening himself up to me, like, with where he was at business-wise and where he was trying to go and why he was trying to do certain things. Um, one thing that really has helped us and kept us on the same page, because it's hard to have anxiety about things when you know kind of what's going on. Like, obviously, if you could see everything, why would you have anxiety about the plan? So he would give me a really good bird's-eye view on it. And then we established every Sunday we have meetings, like, where we put on our business hats. We're not husband and wife anymore. We're business partners. And we go over everything. Um, we set goals together and we hold each other accountable to those goals. And that's kind of where we revisit those goals is every Sunday. Wow, and, that's powerful. Um, it, really, it really helped. That's like kind of where I can pinpoint, you know, a turning point for us. And that was while I was still working full time. I wasn't, you know, as active in the business. But him opening up the books essentially for me and saying, like, this is, you know, how much this is costing us. And this is why this is an asset, not a liability. And taking the time to educate me on the business um, was really, really, really helpful. I think no, letting her know the why behind the work helps a lot too. I never have to question like why he's, you know, taking a job on a Sunday when I look at our, you know, we, we call it a dream board, but we put, you know, all of our goals and dreams up there. And um, if I were, if I were to ever ask him why at this point, like, why are you taking a job on a Sunday instead of, you know, spending time at the dog park with me, um, all he's got to do is point to that board. Like, remember when we agreed that, you know, we were going to do this by such and such date? Well, we need, you know, an extra $5,000 in the bank account to make sure we're on game plan to get that. And, you know, it's just a very black and white thing. There's never any mystery in what he's trying to achieve with the business. Wow, that's awesome advice, Liz. I really appreciate you sharing that. And other than the risk of giving your number to the random guy at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, <laughs> What's been the biggest risk uh, either that you guys have taken in your marriage business? What, what would you say that defining moment, like that's the biggest risk I've ever taken in my life? Um, I would say when I got laid off from my audiology job, um, I got laid off in like September and that following January, um, maybe January, February, I got the opportunity to go back. My boss called me and was like, hey, you know, things have ironed themselves out. We're taking, you know, people that want to come back, back. Do you, would you like your old position? And I looked at Brian, like, you know, I really love working with you in this, in this um, space, you know, with our lawn care business. Um, do you think that we can swing living off of solely the lawn care business income? And he said that, you know, it was worth it to have me home and have the peace in our household and to, for me to be available to help him. And, you know, we just kind of decided, we, we looked at what we made last year and we're like, okay, we're going to have to, you know, do a lot more work and uh, figure some things out, but I think we can do it. And I was like, okay, that's, that's what we're going to do then. I mean, I said goodbye to over $30,000 a year income and didn't really have you know, that on the books that, you know, that last year. So we knew what we had to do. We'd never done it before, but we figured it out. You know, you make the decision and you make it right. I, I think that was probably the scariest thing is, is becoming solely dependent on our self-employed income. Like wow. no consistent paycheck ever. <laughs> yeah, that's a huge risk. So what excites you most? I mean, you got 53,000 subscribers. 
on Brian's Lawn Maintenance YouTube channel. You got your um, lawn care business up there in, in Michigan. What excites you the most about the future? Um, we're really excited about starting a family. We really, really are. Um, I could tell you all sorts of stuff we're excited to do, like build a house and whatnot. But I think what we're both most excited about is is this platform that's been created. I really, truly hope that people see the person behind the numbers more. Um, you know, you're, when you're given a platform with so many people, it's a, it's a really big responsibility. And I just, I hope that it's used to not just create successful lawn care businesses, because I mean, that's awesome, but truly to create people that are worthy of a successful business in anything. Um, I think it's the person, developing the person behind the business first. If you can read between the lines on Brian's channel, um, you know, developing that character and things behind your business is so much more important than the mechanicals of the business. If you're not a good person, you're not going to go very far in life. Um, you know, you can make a ton of money, but are you really going to be happy? And I'm excited to see how over the next few years, how many people are in a better place, like personally, not just financially because of the YouTube channel. Oh, that's, that's beautiful, Liz. Well, I, I really appreciate your time. I mean, we've already been chit-chatting for a half hour. It seems like wow. it's just been a few <laughs> minutes. Um, how can people connect with you? Everyone kind of knows Brian's Lawn Maintenance, the YouTube, the um, Instagram. I'm looking here at your Instagram, um, Liz Fullerton. Is that the best place for people to uh, connect with you? Or are you guys still doing that Fullerton Party 2 YouTube channel? What, where, where should people go to, to follow you online? Yeah, I actually have a bunch of fun things happening right now. Um, we're kind of in the middle of a transition here with moving. So the YouTube channel is kind of taking a break, but we're excited to get back to it, you know, sometime this summer after everything's kind of settled. Um, the easiest way I think right now would be my Instagram is just, you know, my name, Elizabeth.Fullerton, super easy. Um, I My website should be up soon, and then, of course, it'll be linked there. And then I also have a women's um, book club going on where we read, you know, things that are going to help us you know, with our daily life, not necessarily like just fun fiction books, you know, but, or nonfiction, fiction, nonfiction. I always get those mixed up. <laughs> nonfiction. <laughs> yeah, nonfiction. Thank you. Um, I have a Facebook group about, with a bunch of other women who are self-employed or married to someone who is self-employed. And it's been really fun. We're, we're getting ready to start reading actually tomorrow. So, yeah. That's awesome. So Elizabeth.Fullerton on Instagram. And then once you're at your Instagram page, all the links are there in your um, profile or whatever it's called. Yep. They're all like in my, I have one big link in my bio that will take you bio, to a yeah. whole menu of ways you can get a hold of me. Awesome. One last thing I wanted to ask you about, I forgot here, but I, I think it's important because I was watching one of your videos about um, debt free in 2018. And then I got, I, yeah. didn't, I didn't, I wasn't able to watch the end of it. I got sidetracked. So Fill me in a little bit. I, I love, I'm, I'm personally trying to get out of debt right now. And so I hear about all these other people are like, yeah, I'm trying to, I'm on a debt-free journey too. It's cause it's just, it's so much of a burden and baggage when you're paying interest and debt. So tell us a little bit of y'all story of, uh, chasing debt freedom. Okay. So, um, you know, it takes money to make money. And, uh, unfortunately we, you know, went into debt kind of with some business related stuff and not necessarily bad debt. I believe it's how you use the debt, but I don't think you should stay in debt, if that makes sense. And um, let's just say we had more money in debt than I made a year. <laughs> Not good. 
And uh, we just decided instead of moving out, we, I mean, little backstory, we live, we live in a one bedroom apartment. It is no bigger than like 720 square feet. And we've lived here now for six years. Wow. Not a pretty story. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, so, I mean, we could have moved out last year, but we looked at each other and we're like, hey, let's just get this monkey off our back and just do it, you know. And we took a year. We did everything we could, you know, literally anything we could that would make money. We did so that we could just get it done because I think that's one of the leading causes of divorce is actually financial like issues. You can, yeah, that's um, number you know, one. Um, yeah, it's, it really, it's kind of scary when you look at the statistics. So we wanted to make sure that that would never be us. And, you know, it wasn't a current problem, but it wasn't good, you know? And so it, we just, we did everything we could. Um, we had to say no to a lot of things and it was really, really hard. Let me tell you to re-sign our lease on this apartment for one more year. I cried. I hate it so much, but, um, it was worth it. Uh, you know, we were really, really, really busy. Brian was gone a lot last year between work. And then he had a bunch of, um, you know, YouTube commitments with flying here and flying there. And we just, you know, got to work and made a plan and put our head down and, and worked the plan. And, uh, last year in November, we got we took a cruise for their first vacation they would have taken in our entire marriage besides their wow. honeymoon. Like real vacation. Like we go up north like once a year for like three days to go you know, sleep in a tent. <laughs> I don't know if you call that vacation. Um <laughs> but on after that vacation we came home. The best part of the entire trip was uh our last night we were able to pay off the last like five thousand dollars of our debt. Wow. And it was the best feeling. It was so good. We still have um our truck, you know, just to be completely honest we still have the truck to pay off but after that we're done and that should be done here in like another month or two so it's going to feel really good and I think me and Brian you know our future selves in 10 years are going to look back and you know say living in the apartment wasn't that bad to you know be completely debt free by before I was even 30 like that's pretty cool you know yeah that's awesome well I still got the monkey on my back so just the thought of y'all having the monkey off your back in two months I mean that is uh that is inspiring. That's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. It, it is really cool. We can't wait till we say we're both, you know, personally and business-wise debt-free. So it's it's definitely, definitely an exciting thing. Awesome. Well, you and Brian are inspiring. I'm, I'm thankful for our friendship. And I just uh, really, you guys are pioneers online. I, I remember meeting you, I think it was two years ago at the GIE um, rally that Naylor Taliaferro puts on. And I just saw you two walking up and bam, I just... I'm decent at having discernment and reading people. And uh, I just instantly, I was like, oh, there's something special about these two people. You guys are just oozing and goozing with ambition and just fruitfulness in your life. And and, uh, at the time, I honestly didn't even know. I I think I vaguely heard of Brian's Lawn Maintenance, but I didn't really know who he was too much. And then, bam, like a year later, he's like number one trending guy in the community. And uh, everybody knows Brian's Lawn Maintenance. So it's just just really cool um, what you guys are doing and just the hustle and and that you got good hearts um, behind the channel and behind the content. It's uh, it's a beautiful thing. So I appreciate your time today. Thank you. We really appreciate that. We got guys like you keeping us accountable to make sure that you know it stays that way we don't ever want to let the numbers or anything you know go first before what we believe or you know anything like that so thank you that that really means a lot totally hey guys it's paul thanks for listening to that episode with liz fullerton 
the wife of Brian's Lawn Maintenance. It's cool to hear how they met and fell in love. And I have a question for you. If you are enjoying the show, would you consider dropping me a review in iTunes? The reason I ask is in the iTunes world, when I get reviews dropped on the show, where you actually take the time to click on the blue button and write a sentence or two about how you're um, experiencing the show, it shows iTunes, hey, people care about this show, people are engaging with this show, and it helps them promote our podcast higher and higher on the charts and uh, really helps us get more traction organically. That's how we've been growing this thing from day one. And so if you've been blessed by the show, uh, it would bless me if you could just take a minute, click on in iTunes where it says write a review, and uh, just drop us a sentence or two, and there's a five-star system. Um, Drop how many stars you think the show's worth. It would just help a long way um, in the old iTunes algorithm. So as always, I appreciate your time. I've really been enjoying these podcasts. Liz did great. I just interviewed uh, Sean Spencer. That episode should be out by the time you're listening to this. Uh, Spencer's Lawn Care. Just interviewed Jason Creole, um, Brian's Lawn Maintenance. Those have been my last four interviews. And uh, it's just so awesome chatting with leaders in our industry. And it it, uh, brings a spark with each of these uh, interviews that I do to my heart. And uh, I'm really having a fun time doing this and hoping uh, that we're just getting started. So, so many more interviews around the corner. And I appreciate you being a part of the Green Industry Podcast. But it would mean a lot to me if you could just take a time, take a time, (laughs) take a minute, take a time. Oh, I think it's time to end this show, huh, Mr. Producer? It's been a long day. It's been a long day. Take a minute, drop a review at iTunes. I'd appreciate it. Thank you, guys. We'll see you on the next one.